What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It is 421, the day after 420, 2023. And this is the Wrestling Inc. podcast, talking SmackDown because Rampage ain't on tonight. Myself, Mr. Alfred Kanawa, are here. Royalty Glenn. This yes. is our first podcast post blue check mark. We oh, retired our verified badges, but we are OG check mark podcasters. And this is our first <sighs> podcast in the new era. How does it feel? It feels like something's missing, but I have to say, because for a while I debated with Twitter Blue, I was like, well, I like being able to edit my tweet or hit undo and get the preview. But then I was like, no, people made that uncool really quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a follower in many, many respects. So I was I was fine. Yeah. God you know, love anybody good. who has a check mark. There are some I have on uh, Forbes and Pro Wrestling Bits, all of the AEW and WWE stars ah. who decided to keep them. It's not very many, but I just feel like. Before it was like they gave it to you. You were bequeathed, you know. They would give you a blue check mark because they felt you were notable enough. And now paying for it, that that just the symbol of that, I think, just kind of rings cheaper. That oh, this is the type of person who would pay for that type of clout. Which no judgment, but it just uh, seems a little weird. I did check with Twitter verification, and they did confirm that those who did get the original badges still get into heaven. So we're good. How they're getting go. into heaven, Glenn? But Twitter Blue used to be like three bucks a month. Also, yeah. You know, now they raise the price. It's a whole thing. But um, and I'll be honest, you know, I got the check mark because of this podcast. Like as a journalist oh, wow. was probably one of the easier ways to get verified back when they had open verification. Yeah. And I just sent the links to the podcast, some stuff on the website, you know, and that's that's how I got it. It was a hell of a run. You know, they, they gave me one for, you know, my coverage between Bleach Report and Forbes and whatnot. And uh, it was fun to have it. But by no means that I asked for it and by no means am I going to pay for another one. And I just, uh, I, I had fun while it was there. And I do think that there's a certain gravity to it that you can't take that away from us. That we did have those original uh, badges. Well, and I'll talk about this now because it always seemed weird to sort of make a deal out of this. So when you were verified or now, even if you are uh, pay for verification, you get the verified tab. And I will tell you that if you tweet at other verified people and you were verified as well, <laughs> like that used to give you way more visibility like yeah. just in terms of interaction and engaging with people online like that was sweet and i i i liked that for a long time because i could just tweet at random people with questions and they would see it and oftentimes they would answer but yeah it's just it's weird now and so it's not cool anymore i get it i did have twitter blue paid for um i think i ended up on that block the blue list uh they haven't updated yet yeah, there's there was a list where they were blocking everyone that was paying and i paid for a month to see what it was and i guess somehow that got me on the block list but now they got blocked from the API, so they can't update it. I don't know. I mean, look, Twitter's still fun. I'm thinking about getting back into Hive, uh, thinking about Spoutable, you know. But the thing with, with Twitter, and it's kind of like wrestling, you know a platform or a company's product isn't great when the majority of the time people's been talking about it is about the company, the leadership, the decisions. Right. 
you know, it's like WWE. If WWE and AEW were doing great booking, great storylines, we're not talking about Vince or Triple H or what's TK tweeting or what drama's going on behind the scenes. We're talking about the product. But when the product kind of sucks, people just want to talk about the the soap opera and what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, so that's actually a very good point. And I really don't think it's fair that you have to pay to edit. I think the ability to edit a tweet should be something everybody should take advantage of. But if that's it, I really do think they're going to try with this Twitter blue. I think it's going to get to the point because not a lot of people are signing up for this. I believe only 300,000 people have signed up, which is not a lot at all. Oh, no, no. But no, since then, I saw the stat today that since people signed up, like the net gain of Twitter blue, it's like 4,000 people have signed up since they revoked the legacy check marks. Okay. I mean, it's, so it's coming along, so it's not anything overwhelming. And I do think that Twitter, in order to make the money that Elon Musk spent to get it, they're going to start doing like, you can only follow Donald Trump if you're verified or something like that. I don't know. Using him as an example, but they're probably going to have more perks for people who are verified to try to get them to do that. But I can't see them unless they charge me for the block button. I can't see them doing anything that'll get me to pay for Twitter. I think my hunch is that there will be further dumb moves and things coming like, like it ain't over. Uh, yeah. And the drama is going to continue being one of the most fascinating things on the internet. But yeah, it's interesting. So you have an article up about who paid and who didn't. That's any uh, interesting revelations. Well, 14 people in WWE are verified. A lot of them are the megastars, John Cena's, the Logan Pauls, and then I believe only seven people in AEW. Of course, Tony Twitterfingers is one of them who still has his check mark. MJF, being a heel that he is, still has his check mark. So it was a lot of the heels. And then Kofi Kingston and Swerve Strickland uh, have their blue check marks as well. So very interesting, eclectic group of people who still have them. As of this writing, it could always grow. As Glenn said, the net gain is going up. So that's probably going to grow barely. But 4,000 is not a... No, like 400,000 people were stripped of their legacy and 1% said, I'm going to pay for this. Yeah. But what's interesting though, so did you see the tweet from Alexa Bliss? This is a good segue into the news. Where Alexa said, well, now that anybody can pay and impersonate her, Twitter should be liable for the people that scam wrestling fans out of money by pretending to be the official accounts. I agree. If anything crazy happens with these blue check and on the other side, I don't want to be too much of an alarmist, but you look at whether it's a hate group, whether it's a Nazi group, whether it's these people can organize and get that blue check mark. And if they're not careful, that check mark can form into a symbol of hate. If too many hate groups start buying up these check marks, I know they look at the phone numbers or whatnot, and there might be a buffer period to where some certain people get these check marks, but Remember when they first rolled these out and they had like Super Mario fake verified Twitter accounts and it was I have a to shit admit, show. That was pretty fun. Oh, those it was hilarious. It was, it was great. It was exactly what I was hoping for. And I just think that they are playing with fire by having people pay for what was supposed to be a tool to verify the real yeah. accounts from the fake accounts. You don't put money into that. There's other ways to draw revenue for Twitter. And this subscription just kind of seems skeevy. Yeah, and I had to do that. I mean, we had to send our IDs. Like we were, it was it was a process to go through yeah. verification before. So it's interesting. Uh, so what else is going on in the news? Well, yes, the Alexa Bliss situation. We could touch on that real quick. There are reportedly no plans for Triple H and the administration currently to use Alexa Bliss. She has not appeared on TV since losing to Bianca Belair, and has had to come out and say that she is not on hiatus. So there seems to be something going on with Alexa Bliss. And WWE management, I don't know when the next time we'll see her. Of course, Bray Wyatt, who's been linked to Alexa Bliss, has not been on TV with health issues. So I don't know what's going on with Alexa Bliss, but she's not going to come back anytime soon, it doesn't seem. What if they accidentally try and book her and book a fake Alexa Bliss account through Twitter? <laughs> it should do that. Do we even know if that evil Alexa Bliss is the real Alexa Bliss at this point? Oh, who knows? It's just, it's, uh, she needs a bit of a reboot, I think, uh, 
she's great. She's very talented. She connects with the fans. Look, the women's division has problems right now that I mean, you you can count on you know bar- like barely over one hand how many women they're actively interested in booking on the main roster right now, and it, it ain't that many. That is true. I mean, there was a story earlier this week that a lot of the talent is paranoid because a lot of women's segment have been cut recently. So it's leading a lot of people to speculate that Vince McMahon is coming back. And that, I think, is the worst part of Vince McMahon being back, at least in a limited capacity for now, is that every week, every time something weird happens out of the ordinary from the past year, people are going to just assume, oh, no, it's because Vince is back. You know, anything they don't like inside the locker room, people are going to be walking on eggshells thinking that that's a sign Vince is back. And I don't think that's good for morale. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think there are at any given time, there are guaranteed eight slots for women on the roster, two tag champions, raw holder, uh, raw champion, SmackDown champion. And then you got four challengers right now. If you've got Lita, Trish, Becky, Charlotte, Rhonda, there are women that can exist outside of those core eight slots, but it's really four that get the push other four in storylines and maybe there's a legends feud. So maybe 10, maybe in the best week on WWE television, there's room for 10 women on WWE Raw and SmackDown. That's not good. And probably more because we're going to have the draft next week. And I fully expect women to be called up. Yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. So it's like, you look at how many women on the roster and at any given time, they're using maybe 50% of their active and maybe main event, maybe main event, but does anyone watch main event? Where's main event even on? Really? I mean, main event is not a show they push as anything that somebody should watch on weekly television. It's just really a show to get reps for a lot of the, whether it's a talent who's coming up or talent that they need to get a look at. It's like the tryout show. I believe though it, uh, it airs internationally, correct? On linear television of some sort. No, I think it's just, it's streaming and it airs everywhere streaming. Oh, but like on Hulu or something, right? Oh yeah. I do think that it's, it's part of Hulu. Yeah. Not on television, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Because yeah, I think it used to be like a syndicated thing when they had. Oh, what was the other one? There was main event and superstars. Yeah, superstars. Yes. Yeah, and that only stopped like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. They they originally had it on TV. I can't. Was it not IGM? But it was a three letter. No, I can't remember what the UPN. Was, but it was, no, not UPN either. Uh, it was uh, I, I, UPN. Where pull UPN from? UPN has existed in twenty. Well, UPN been gone for a while, but UPN had some bangers. They had Moesha. They had the Parkers. Shouts to UPN. Secret Diary, Desmond Pfeiffer, Homeboys in Outer Space, One on One, Shasta yeah. McNasty. Oh, Shasta McNasty. That's how you know I submitted for that when that was. No. Oh yeah, I remember us talking. When they were doing yeah. casting for that, they were looking for white rappers, <laughs> and so I submitted. Ion, Mike Lee, Mike no, Lee, Ion TV. Ion was the yeah. channel. Yes, Ion. Imagine how my future would have turned out differently had I been cast on Shasta McNasty with Jake yes. Busey. That would have been wonderful. That would have been. Maybe they'll reboot it. Yes. R.I.P. Vern Troyer, of course. Yeah. Well, he was a guest in the first episode, and then midway through the season, they just added him to the cast. Yeah, he was on every week. So, like that show, I am sure the humor on that show has not aged well. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember being very amused by it. There was a storyline in there, remember, at the time that was amusing, and I don't even want to repeat what it was because now it seems so offensive. I'll tell you off the air later. <laughs> Look at the Shasta McNasty uh, episode descriptions, everyone, and you'll understand. Like what we were talking about at the time, I remember. I thought, it's like, oh, that's dark, but that's kind of funny. Um, so anyhow, uh, what else is going on in the news? I'll play more in the news. Before we go any further, I'd like to congratulate my Milwaukee Bucks for absolutely oh. dismantling the Miami Heat last night. They were up by about 30 at one point. They set the record for most 
most three-pointers made in a postseason game. Shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe they should just rest Giannis for the first round and flex on the entire league, but they are in a class of their own. I still very much think they're winning the championship. And uh, Saturday night, Miami's going to have their hands full. Go Bucks, fear the deer. Speaking of Bucks, Glenn, the Young yes. Bucks and CM Punk continue to have their tensions. It's been reported that a meeting between CM Punk, Tony Khan, and Chris Jericho has not taken place. CM Punk has been told to keep his distance from the Young Bucks, so no communication has been uh, made. And that's important to note because it's looking more and more like CM Punk will be back in AEW for June 17th on what is believed to be the debut of AEW Collision. That is their Saturday night show. It is reported that AEW would get $500,000 per hour of AEW programming. So assuming this is a one-hour show, it would equate to $52 million per year for this new Saturday night show for AEW. So it's looking like CM Punk may come back. It's looking like they might divide the roster in order to keep CM Punk and the Young Bucks apart. But it does look like all but a done deal. They have not announced anything, so we can't just uh, assume that this is going to happen. But it is looking more and more like CM Punk will be back for Saturday nights in AEW, Glenn. They should really just call the Saturday night show a brawl out. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Right? They should. Lean I into mean, it. Lean into it. Like, what's what's the shame at this point? I agree. If you're going to do this, because CM Punk is going to implode again. This is not, I don't, Man. I hate people are thinking that he's not going to, he's going to implode again. When he opens the show and comes out, you should hand out cupcakes to everybody and bake goods. <laughs> Brownies, you know? Yeah, you should go to that bakery, like make it a big moment, you know? What was it called? Mimi's Bakery. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, just come out, give everyone baked goods. I mean, maybe the fans will throw them in the ring. That could be kind of a fun TV moment. Mm. CM it'll be Punk. in Chicago. It'll be in the United yeah. Center in Chicago. So it's deja vu. They created a whole B show around CM Punk for Rampage that did well for about a month before it tailed off. And now they're creating a third show, which could be no less than 11 hours of programming for WWE and AEW alone. Uh, Saturday night's going to be a tough spot. I think it's a mistake, personally. I, I think Tony Khan is... This is a misstep in leadership. I don't think it's even leadership. I just don't like the idea that they're really not addressing this problem head on, but instead we're going to try to keep them apart from one another in uh, different locker rooms and then add a Saturday show. None of this sounds like it's going to lead to a happy ending. Yeah. I still like the idea of doing the ring of honor roster Thursday and Saturday and uh, main AEW Wednesday and Friday. I still think that's the best way to do a brand split. Yeah, and Ring of Honor, I mean, they're going to be fighting for scraps with all these shows. And it looks like, at least initially, just like Rampage, they're going to put a lot into the Saturday show. But this is Groundhog's Day. It's CM Punk debuted in AEW inside the United Center for Rampage uh, before he imploded and left. And Rampage kind of became a bandit and not much of a show. And now they're doing that with Saturday. And I, I just want to know, I wonder why they felt the need to have a Saturday show. Why couldn't they do this roster split with a Rampage? Why do they feel like they needed more? I mean, money. Because WB was like, you know what? This does look. I think that whatever they're paying, I mean, they don't pay half a million dollars to air Justice League or the accountant for the eighth time. Well, eighth, the eighth hundredth time. Um it doesn't cost them that, but they've done a cost-benefit analysis of the rating it brings in, the ad revenue it brings in, what it does for the network, and clearly it's profitable, or else they wouldn't be doing it. Yes, WBD loves AEW, and they're obviously investing in AEW, 
and uh, you know they've got the All Access show, which actually isn't doing well at all, and they've got this Rampage show, and now the Saturday Night Show. So it's good that they're getting this fifty-two million dollars. It was reported that CM Punk is an important part of this. Like, it's not like he had to be part of this, but there's a big push for him to be part of this. And well, I just don't know why they're doing it. You know what? I bet you when Max, when HBO rebrands as Max at the end of May, I wonder if AEW is going to be a big part of their streaming push. And this is pure mm. speculation. I just pulled this out of thin air. But if you look at where else they're going to get additional value, having the AEW library, maybe they'll have old pay-per-views even. But even if they just have a TV archive, that could be huge. Yeah, and I will say they're renaming it Max Parts and Parts because HBO Max subscribers kind of tailed off because there is a belief in the it's kind of a good problem to have hbo is seen as very highbrow you know but a lot of the common people you know the middle of the country the blue collar type workers aren't interested in hbo and the brand of hbo because they find it to be highbrow and holier than thou you add yeah. pro wrestling to that brand to be the common man's network i think that would be perfect so i would have no problem with aew streaming on max hbo the network they gave you dream on and arliss is a little highfalutin for medical too highfalutin <laughs> they also had hung which is a show about a man whore which got canceled way too soon after one season i love that show i think i watched that i think it made it two seasons i think i've seen every episode of hung i mean entourage was the network that had entourage was too too highbrow way too high. for, I mean, they tell a lot of America. great stories on hbo and they're known for like the sopranos which is like a kind of a movie and a tv show at the same time but Speaking yeah, so we'll of our list, that can flashback to when Matt Morgan on this podcast, we were talking about uh, Robert Stone on NXT. And Matt Morgan said he's supposed to be a character like Arliss Michaels. And I'm like, Matt Morgan, how the fuck do you know Arliss's last name? Everyone knows the show Arliss. How <laughs> yeah. do you know that his full name was Arliss Michaels? That was the one. weirdest, deepest pull Matt Morgan ever had on this podcast. Arliss Michaels. Arliss Michaels. <laughs> But that, we were talking about AEW Access earlier uh, yeah. in terms of an extra show. And there, you know, there were reports that CM Punk may feud with Chris Jericho as his first feud, which it's going to be more of this art imitating life type thing. I don't think that's a good idea because these problems certainly haven't been solved. They're in the middle of a social media feud where they're going back and forth with each other, kind of uh, subtweeting each other. And so I don't think Chris Jericho and CM Punk coming together is going to be a good idea. And I don't know where AEW is getting this idea that they think these backstage drama storylines are doing a good job. They have a whole show on backstage drama in AEW Access. It did 281,000 viewers in its latest show. I mean, it's better than Power Slap power, numbers. Yeah, I was going to say better than Power Slap though, right? It's about the same with what Power Slap was doing. The thinking was that we put an AEW show after the AEW lead-in and we're at least going to maintain what? conservatively 50% of the audience because it's the same audience. That same audience is saying, no, 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 we don't care about, and it's lower. You know, they're at 830,000 for Dynamite. It's getting down to the hardcores who are watching this and they don't want any part of this backstage drama. So AEW needs to make something up, have CM Punk feud with somebody over like Anthony Agogo over his girlfriend or something that has nothing to do with reality. That's what I think they should do. Instead of putting him in a locker room and splitting up the locker room surreptitiously, you put CM Punk in a locker room with only shooters. That Saturday show should be CM Punk and a bunch of shooters. So when he wilds the hell out, he gets tapped the hell out. Put CM Punk on Power Slap. Yeah, there you go. Now we're talking. Bring that back. They're doing the same numbers anyway. You got CM was, Punk slapping. I saw this on Twitter. There's a slapping league. Is in Russia or Romania? But in addition to face slapping, they also do like spanking. 
Oh yeah, booty slapping. I've been watching, uh, you know, for investigative purposes. I've been watching that. No, do that co-ed. Do that, you know, male and female. I mean, not inner, uh, not mixed gender, but but I think have a men's division and a women's division. Why isn't that in the U.S.? That would do huge numbers. You'd want to see men uh, slapping each other in the bum. That would actually be kind of interesting. It would be intriguing television. I think it would do well with women. Um, but, uh, no, I'm just I, thinking about that because I would be interested to see somebody try and no sell it. Like that could be really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> do you use paddles at all no man where's your mind going I'm, this is a competitive sport no, you powder course, your hands maybe you get a paddle that's like a not like a wooden paddle that would really hurt somebody but just like a fan what is this dazed and confused like they're just gonna <laughs> sit there and just paddle one another you know like a fraternity hazing um uh anyhow before this goes too off the rails uh what else is going on uh, we do have one more story, and, and just uh, to put a bow on the CM Punk thing, because I'm all fired up about this. I okay, the the idea that putting him in another locker room and keeping him away from the young bucks is a good idea, and there's nothing that's going to implode is ridiculous because this guy has had problems with everybody throughout his career. So just because he's not around the young bucks doesn't mean he's not going to find some other op to have a problem with. This is a terrible idea, and AEW will rue the day they bring CM Punk, Bill Brooks back. But hey, listen, they picked up a 52 million dollar bag. I can't be too mad at him. Get it how you live. Yes. And let's have CM Punk versus Samoa Joe again. We haven't seen that in a while. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Hey, they're still friends for now. Uh, but we'll see how long that lasts. And we'll see how long Cameron Grimes and company last in NXT because there are now rumors in terms of call-ups, according to Mike Johnson, a PW Insider. Cameron Grimes, Ilya Dragunov are among those who have been pitched from NXT to go to WWE. I spoke with Booker T this past week in an interview that will roll out next week. And Booker T himself said that he feels Grayson Waller is ready for the main roster. Oh, yeah. What do you feel? Who's on your wish list? I mean, Grayson Waller and Cameron Grimes, I think, on the men's side are yeah. overdue for a call-up. And on the women's side, I could see Zoe Stark. But the thing is, again, like, I don't know that there's... So, I mean, I think sure they'll have a great debut, but unless they get in a hot program, I, I, if I was a woman in WWE, I'd rather be in NXT than on SmackDown or Raw. Definitely. In terms maybe of visibility opportunities. Yeah, maybe not for the paycheck. Um, although, how much disparity do you think there is now between, you know, it's been a while. Alfred, I'm surprised you haven't dug into that. It's been a while since we've had a good salary leak. They're very radio silent, especially in the Nick Khan era. I mean, it's harder yeah. than ever to get access to these salaries. I will say that top-end salary is a huge difference. Being a top star oh, yeah. in NXT versus being a top star in WWE is, is almost probably millions of dollars, to be honest. Yeah, but being but being a top star in NXT or seasoned veteran in NXT versus not being used on the main roster probably isn't that much different. Yeah, just being like run of the mill where you're just there. I mean, there's you're definitely making more money on the main roster, especially if you're on more shows. But if you're just sitting around and catering, I don't. Think yeah, I'll give you an example. Do you think Aaliyah, who was in NXT for ten years, okay. like do you think Aaliyah's like marginal pay bump difference? Yeah, probably. Yeah, somebody like Aaliyah, even Shotzi, I would say they're probably making similar. Shotzi, they were in I think it's on TV though, at least twice a month, yeah. in some capacity. Uh, she's kind of low key. Her and Natalia, I think Loki have kind of mastered. It was funny that they got paired up because they were both very good at getting. In your busy day-to-day -day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a 3-in-1 smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. 
That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision 2K clear sight and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Being booked consistently. Yeah. yeah, Shotzi's probably broken. You know, that I think about this, Shotzi more than of women who have not won a title from NXT. I think Shotzi has been one of the more successful call-ups in terms of TV time. Yeah, she's consistently getting on TV now. It's kind of been a flat line. There hasn't been much progression. It seems like every time they go to do something with her, she gets kicked down a peg. But she's definitely treading water, and she's still out there. They have the whole package there. She's like a finished product. All they need to do yeah. is push her. She's got the tank. She's got the character. She knows who her character is. She's got it all figured out. They just need to push her. Um, so Dylan's pointing out that Meltzer made a claim in February that NXT stars are making 50 to 60K. I think that's at the low end. And that used to be yeah. like used to be like 30K. Originally, it was 30K if you were male. And I think like 36 or 40 if you were female because the idea were that you had more style costs yeah and it sounds that sounds very low but i could see that especially with the nil the nils yeah. are different types of contracts so i don't know how that factors in and i would think that it's a minimum with nil athletes too yeah so i mean it's interesting uh one other news story that i just saw we'll be talking about the lwo tonight according to wrestlenomics second week in a row lwo leading uh merchandise seller on wwe shop push these guys like I don't understand I was in the building when they revealed these shirts and it was a huge pop and they did it in LA and people have nostalgic feelings for the LWO even though the LWO from what I recall was not really pushed in WCW it was the same thing they were put together a bunch of popular athletes and they didn't really do much with them but that nostalgia is very powerful so if you push these guys imagine how much more t-shirts you can sell do you remember, I guess it was 2016 when they did, because I think anything that taps into national origin in merch does really, really well. Do you remember when they had the limited edition shirts? They had like Paige and the colors were the UK flag. They had Becky and Finn where it was the yeah. Irish colors. I remember those sold out. I wanted to get my wife the Irish Becky shirt for her birthday. I had to order from WWE shop, open a PO box at a mail service in like Germany, get it sent there and get shipped to the U S because those were sold. Those sold out so fast in the U S 
um, before. So it makes absolute sense to me. Those like those LWO shirts uh, with the Puerto Rican flag, like are are amazing looking. Those are great. They're going to Puerto Rico soon. I mean, they've got Zelina Vega. I'm sure we'll get into in the SmackDown review. She's going to be competing for the title. I don't expect her to win it, but you could sell a lot of t-shirts telling that story. Oh, it's going to be huge. Um, so, in fact, we open tonight with LWO. Oh, versus... story, really quick. Uh, yeah, it's sorry. looking like Warner Brothers Discovery might throw their names in the hat to purchase on WWE's television rights. This is a storyline worth monitoring that Warner Brothers Discovery may be in the discussion for rights to Raw, which may not necessarily end up on Monday nights, but WBD, which airs AEW, could yes. be in this discussion. Hey, do you, Andrew Miller. do you know, have you heard any behind the scenes gossip of why they stopped using ACDC on SmackDown? I assume it's to save money. Pro- that's what I was assuming. I haven't heard anything specifically why that, but I would definitely assume that they can't do that every single week. It is very expensive. Music rights are very expensive. But they did it so for like two years. Yeah. Maybe they just got tired. Maybe they just felt like they needed to do a new show. I mean, when they do the reruns on that show, they can't air ACDC like when it's like on Hulu or whatnot. Oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, always fascinated by what goes on behind the scenes there. You know what I missed was the Tonight's the Night theme on Raw. I think of the recent themes. That was my favorite. Which one was that? You might have to uh, see it. It's Tonight's the Night. Duh, it was like kind of this rap uh, rock thing. Yeah, that was all right. I liked... Yeah. Um, Forget the girl, the daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the song's called, but that was my, that was my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are some good on, ones. Come on, come on. Yeah. Um... It's weird because after a while, just like so much with wrestling and music just gets stuck in your head. And now theme songs are weird because a lot of theme songs don't even have lyrics now. So it's just all yeah. like weird melodies that get stuck in your head. Well, the original Raw theme song didn't have lyrics and I love that. Yeah. That was awesome. But then do you ever have wrestling themes and then you're like thinking about it and then you get like the BK have it your way song stuck in your head because you associate that with wrestling so much? Yeah. See, now I'm going to have it stuck in my head for the rest of this night. Yeah. No, it happens. Uh, so LWO versus Judgment Day opened up tonight uh judgment day getting the win what did you think of this match i mean it was another good match these two teams work very well together it's just what i didn't like about this show is that the cliffhanger they left us with on monday was that the bloodline held up their end of the bargain but the judgment day did not and i like Mm. the idea that it's very much like comic books where you're taking this new faction because the bloodline storyline is going to continue and now they're crossing paths with the judgment day they did nothing with this like, there yeah. was no Judgment Day bloodline tension. I really like what they did on Monday, and they did not follow up on this. Uh, they just out comes the bloodline of the Judgment Day, and they win their match to open the show. And there was very little to no mention of their ongoing developments with the bloodline. Yeah, and I think people really want to see some action there. Uh, in fact, oh, that would be an interesting match for when they go to Saudi Arabia next to do the Usos versus Judgment Day. Actually, Ray versus Roman yeah. might be a good good one-off you know i want to see dom versus roman i, I really do think that they could build it up he's not gonna win but i'd like to see it yeah absolutely uh so calvin five dollar super chat imagine how much yayo tk did when your wwe or wbd was looking at putting wwe on their air how much yayo <laughs> that yayo drawing a line in the snow of course uh mr khan um oh that's what you used to see i'm I'm a little behind on the slang wait is that oh. what tony yayo is that what stood for uh, tony yeah yeah it was about drugs because he was a drug dealer tony yayo oh, you know, okay. in the hood, dealt drugs 
I knew somebody that had the hip hop alias once of John Coke. <laughs> Very straightforward. Yes. Uh, Tornado Anthony Y, Buck 99, saying Hell Alfred yeah. Raw returns to Wichita on June 12th. Tornado. WWE likes going to Wichita in June. That must be their month to go to Kansas because I believe it was like June 6th last year. Um, yeah. But I very much look forward to seeing Anthony on that show. Yes. Uh, so yeah, this was good, but yeah, man, give me Dominic. Give me Dominic versus Ray versus Roman in a triple threat. Yeah, why not? In Saudi Arabia. They got to do something in Saudi. I mean, Roman Reigns, all indications, he's going to finally get off the beach to go defend his title that he sits around baby guarding for the majority of that run. So, yeah, maybe he will face a Dominic. Maybe he'll face a Damian Priest. I'd have no problem with that. It'll be interesting what they do with this Bad Bunny match because presumably, I know it's Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico, so he's probably going to win, but it's like I really would like to see Damian Priest and Judgment Day level up coming out of this show. And Damian Priest is from Puerto Rico, too, so there's going to be support yeah. for him. I wouldn't mind beating Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico. I mean, and they're not going to break up the Judgment Day or do anything dumb like that. No. I mean, the draft is coming up. They yeah, but they have to, but I don't see it happening. Got to get Judgment Day versus Bloodline first. Yes. I, I'd like to see it. That's why I wanted to see more development on Smash, but they kind of went away from it. This was an okay match. Um, I don't think this escalated things at all. But, yeah, due to some confusion, Judgment Day got the win. Um, this was this was a fine opening to the show. It was okay, yeah. I, but, I, just, I don't like that they're yeah. beating WL like this. Yes, and Priest uh, grabbed the mic and called out Bad Bunny ahead of his return on Raw, so we'll see what happens. Call him by his government name, Benito. Yes. Uh, so Zelina approached Adam backstage and said she wanted a shot at the title. We knew that was coming, and they've made it official. It's going to be Zelina Vega taking on Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Championship in Puerto Rico at Backlash. Anywhere else, it's like, who cares? Rhea's going to run through her. It's going to be a steamroll. But in Puerto Rico, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I think as long as they keep telling the story that she's from Puerto Rico and is the only female Puerto Rican star on the roster, I think this crowd's going to be so hot for her. And I'm 95% sure Rhea Ripley's going to win. But in any other circumstances, I'd be 100% sure. So it's, it's going to be good. I think this match, I'm very much looking forward to it just for the atmosphere. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think this pay-per-view is going to be a lot of fun. I think this is going to be the most fun pay-per-view WWE does on the main roster all year. It's going to be great. Issa brought them to Puerto Rico. Yeah, she, she manifested it. Uh, so we got a video hyping up Shinsuke's return. Another one from Karrion Cross and Scarlet putting him on notice. I like these both. I really love Shinsuke's. You know, vignette, look, making him look like a badass. And they did say something weird where they say jujitsu train him to strike, which jujitsu is all about holds and rolling. It's not Muay Thai and kickboxing is maybe where he learned his striking for. Not to be a combat sports nerd, but the, it did strike, my, strike me as odd that the narrator was saying how jujitsu taught him to be a disciplined striker. When do you think WWE starts using chat GPT to write the promos? <laughs> they probably used it for this. And it's funny because they're merged with UFC now. You should think. They could go to a UFC person and ask them to write something like this up, but they probably did use ChatGPT, and ChatGPT screwed this up. There you go. Uh, well, we had the Viking Raiders with Valhalla versus Braun Strowman and Ricochet tonight, and oh man, that move, that botch with Braun throwing Ricochet. <laughs> but credit to Braun for quickly reacting after Ricochet fell two feet short of one of the Viking Raiders, and Braun just slapped him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> just slapped one of the Viking Raiders in the face. That was great. Good improv, yes. Yeah, uh, uh, this match was fine, but Braun and Ricochet got a win. 
yeah. reversing it. So, you know, it's not so much 50-50 booking. It's just sometimes one time one team wins and the other one loses. Yeah, I felt like turnabout is fair play was a theme throughout this show, like revenge, because we saw that here after they got beat down last week. We saw Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez get their comeuppance against Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. And then, you know, the main event solo got buried under the table. So there's a lot of that on this show, and this was one of them. This is fine. I mean, both these teams are kind of treading water. I don't, they're not doing much with them. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, aside from, uh, actually, that spot was my favorite spot at the match. Just say what you about Braun. Dude thought fast on his feet and uh, pulled that off pretty well. But yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Uh, overall, okay match, though. And then Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez defended their SmackDown, or not their SmackDown, their WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against Sony Deville and Chelsea Green. What did you think of this? Uh, not the best match. I really love Sony Deville and Chelsea Green as a team. It's it's weird the timing because Raquel and Liv just won those tag titles, so they they don't keep the titles on any of these women tag teams because they don't like try with any of them. But I think they're onto something with Chelsea and Sony Deville. They have the chemistry. I like the characters that they're playing, and it's meshing well together with this Team Karen thing. And I think uh, within a month or so, they should give them the run and really double down and try to make them into a viable championship women's tag team which they have not had since the pandemic i think they need they need to amp it up more i feel like their gimmick is still muted it needs to be more over the top oh definitely yeah i mean they do a lot of stuff backstage but i would very yeah. much like to see them you know they did cut a promo on the way to the ring which didn't get too much yeah. heat, but the more they cut promos in front of these crowds the more heat they're gonna get yeah uh i agree uh but no i thought this match man live I like her, the way they've evolved her character in the last month. And now she is just nuts. She's just a ball of crazy. She's like a ghost energy drink come to life. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to smoke with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I tried ghost for the first time two weeks ago. And now that's all I'm drinking energy drink wise. What makes ghost different from the other energy drinks? Okay. So one, they have this mix of like carnitine and some alpha brain supplement with the caffeine uh i feel this is my personal experience i feel like when i drink a ghost like not only am i wired with energy but i can see through time and space like that is it's a buzz but no here's why ghost is great um they do flavor collabs so they've got like blue sour patch kid flavor energy drink okay they've got like watermelon warheads like sour apple warheads flavors i got the protein powder they've got like cinnabon vegan protein powder it's really good i like the flavor collabs because most of the time you know you get these energy drinks and it doesn't matter what they say the flavor is like or what's that what's that going to taste like well, we all know what sour patch kids taste like right you know they're very good they're very good so yes yeah, so when i saw Liv's gear and her energy i was like yes she's like a ghost energy drink come to life <laughs> yeah uh, and uh, raquel rodriguez it's, it's almost like this is what they do with big and little tag teams it's like scooby-doo and shaggy is Liv <laughs> is like, let me at him let me at him and then scooby-doo is like no no hold on shaggy scrappy-doo scrappy-doo Jesus. not shaggy does anyone want to be the scrappy do of uh, <laughs> WWE? No, I don't you know? think so. That's no, I don't think that's. They still need a team name. You know, they still need to come up with something. We'll see. Oh, you're muted, Alfred. Alfred is fixing his muting. Uh, Dream Realm Studios saying yes, he does that with ghosts sometimes too. Uh, it is good stuff. I am also taking further energy drink recommendations. Tweet them at me. I'm trying to find more. And now I'm taking some other supplement to make sure that I don't have a stroke due to the energy drinks I'm drinking. 
Yeah, yes, um, the Matrix got to me for the first time tonight. Let's uh, make sure that's the last. And and I'm noticing a lot of teams need to be named because it is kind of a pain in the ass writing about them. You have to say Braun Strowman and Ricochet, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Like Booker T had a great t- take when he was talking about how there's not a lot of cohesive tag teams on the main roster, especially with the women. And in NXT, you've got the Gallus boys. You've got Pretty Deadly. You have all these united yeah. fronts, and they need to do that more on the main roster. They were saying on the bump that uh, Liv wants something. They want something that reflects Liv's energy and Raquel's Hispanic heritage. And I was just oh. like, oh, Vince is going to come up with like La Vida Loca or something. <laughs> I think that, I mean, that does sound outdated, but I can see it happening. I, that is my, that is one in five odds that La Vida Loca. Maybe they'll spell it L I V. Live, live Vida Loca. Vida. Oh, hey, I like that. I like yeah. hey, that's not bad. They could do worse. Yeah. Uh, because normally the if 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 it passes the trademark search, the obvious thing is usually what flies. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought this match was fun. I think uh Liv and Raquel getting the win is good. Glad they didn't, but I like the uh Morgan pouring the water on Chelsea Green. <laughs> like just sort of out of nowhere. It was just fun. Like, this was a serious match, and then it had kind of that fun ending. Yeah, and this was a revenge from her getting water poured on her, which is basically yeah. the storyline. It was like a four-day build where they kept showing you that she had water poured on her, and so yes. turn about was fair play. I mean, of all the things you could pour on me as liquids, I think water is the least offensive. <laughs> I think WWE, the reason they're not naming these tag teams is they're now starting to get gun-shy because the... They did the bang oh, rose, yeah. and that ended up being a porn thing. They did the submission sorority sisters or whatnot. That ended up being a porn. so maybe they're just afraid and gun shy. They, they should call them like the cougar hunters or something like that. I'm sure that's kind of it. <laughs> uh, I'm not even gonna say I got I got some jokes for this, but uh yeah, we're not gonna go there. But they're all outdated, they're all like 25-year-old adult websites. Uh Kelvin Alexander, two dollars saying AEW hackers have targeted Alfred's audio. Yes, the Matrix will not stop me. Okay, so anytime they try to sneak on into this podcast, yes, I will be combating them. So Gunther defended his intercontinental championship against Xavier Woods. Good match. I wasn't excited about it. It's like Xavier is not going to have a chance based on how Gunther's been booked. But they had serious Xavier out there, and he was working very snug with – he was working a Gunther match, and oh, he, did he did a very, very good well. job. I love this match. Uh, and they had him get a uh, sleeper hold, have him pass out, so he still yeah. was, looked strong and defeated. Like a G. Hit, some of his shots and his strikes were just as hard as Gunther's. I, yeah. I like this match. Yeah, I, uh, if they run this back, I would definitely enjoy it. I thought this was good. This is probably the best match tonight on the show. Yeah, I agree. Easily. Um, man, who's going to take it off Gunther? I think it's going to be Sheamus who dethrones Gunther um, okay. eventually as a baby face because they're still trying to tell that story about how he's never won the IC title. And I think that in order to end this historic reign, you need like a really big moment. And that would be the moment that not only has the reign ended, but Sheamus has finally done it. I think it's there for the taking. And obviously they've proven to have great chemistry in two matches now. Uh, one being the triple threat, which is the best match of WrestleMania weekend. And then one being their match of the year candidate from last year. So run it back a third time. Yeah. Why not? Um, so announced for backlash we're gonna have seth freaking rollins versus omos very very random um we'll see how that works i don't don't get it 
Omos is just like they don't they don't ever have a reason for Omos to get in there and be infused. They can't tell any backstage. It's he either randomly challenges Brock, Brock Lesnar. Now he's randomly challenging Seth Rollins. So we'll see. He can yeah. do the stomp on the big giant. That'll be entertaining. Um, and then we had the main event. Man, Gun- Gunther and uh, Xavier should have gone last. But yeah, was good I understand why Solo versus Matt Riddle in a no DQ match went last. Um, this was pretty good. But do you think they're running? Do you think they're already burning out the demand for the Usos solo six-man tag against KO and Riddle? Do you think they're already burning us out on these configurations before we get to Backlash? I don't know if they're burning us out, but there does seem to be some backpedaling with their storytelling because they were, for the longest time, telling the story of bloodline dissension, and they still kind of are. On the Raw after Mania, which is the last time we saw Roman Reigns, they're still telling the story that he's upset with the Usos. But all the bloodline has been doing is winning. There doesn't seem to be any dissension. Uh, Solo Sokoa won again. He's being protected. I'm sure they're eventually going to get back to telling that story, but it does seem like it's in a holding pattern, and I'm not moved and intrigued, even though it's not fair to compare this to WrestleMania season. I'm not at all as intrigued as I was in the bloodline as I was during WrestleMania season. And even before that, with um, during Elimination Chamber with Sami Zayn, you know, they were telling some great stories, and it seems to be overstaying its welcome for the time being. And I would be nervous for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for next week. Uh, mm. What's good is they built it up to where I could see the Usos absolutely winning next week, but hopefully Sammy and Kevin win, but they've been losing a lot since WrestleMania. Uh, I like the Usos promo before this and the way they introduced Solo. I thought the, the dude the dude voice, it's like, you know, they, they grew up on Bill and Ted. Uh, it was very accurate, uh, the <laughs> California dude accent. Are you sad? Yeah, they, Are you mad? That was good. They grew up out there in San Francisco. They're California boys, so they know how to channel that. That's true, right? I always forget that. Yeah. Bay Area. Um, good promo. And uh, this match I thought was really good, but then the Usos interfering. Riddle, uh, or the, the table spot uh, that got done, I thought was really good. Um, yeah. This was fun, but I just yeah, didn't feel those... new or fresh. Not at all. It does. I mean, not only like... Even though Riddle just came back, it's like they're already putting him in there with Solo. He's beat him twice. Solo's beaten Riddle twice. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing with the outside interference from the Usos that costs him the match. And it was funny. The finish was very bungled because <laughs> Solo Sokoa hit what looked like a clothesline, but he also hit him with the spike. And Michael Cole goes, oh, he hit him with a clothesline. And then it was a three count. <laughs> so Cole had to be like, or was it the spike? No, 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 no. Yeah, it was a spike. My bad. <laughs> It was fun, um, but yeah, I feel like Vince is back ruining things with all the amount of rematches, repetitive booking, and segments. Like, this tonight flew by, but this was like the least consequential episode of SmackDown Yeah, in quite they some time. Didn't at all advance even the Bloodline story, which usually the yeah. highlight of the show is they'll do some storyline with the Bloodline to kind of give you a little carrot as to where they're going. And this just held straight. It was Solo Sokoa looking dominant and staying strong and the bloodline on top and nothing happened. There's no storyline advancement. You did not need to watch a show. So there you have it, folks. That's the quote. Put it on the poster. You <laughs> did not, not need you, you did not need to watch this show. Alfred Kanawa Forbes magazine. Next week, though, is a show that yeah. you need to watch. I'm very much looking forward to next week. Yeah. Uh, Usos versus KO and Sammy. Yeah, Should and the good. draft. They're doing the draft. That's right. The draft starts next week. Ah, uh, cool. Well, we'll be back here 
Monday night, the Monday night cruise here to cover Raw. We're back Tuesday to cover NXT. Spring breaking Tuesday night. Yeah, that'll be a good show. It'll be great. Um, yeah, everybody, follow Alfred at This Is Nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Issa, we hope you get better soon. Yes. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.